This is the Practical Homeopathy Podcast, episode number 115. Joe at Calabrese here, folks. I'm happy that you've joined me for my podcast today. You're in for a treat. From my virtual classroom, I'm privileged to see how homeopathy is transforming lives all over the globe. Their successes inspire me. They're glorious and powerful, and I can't keep their triumphs a secret. I want you to hear the excitement my students experience too, so you can be inspired by the unique stories. So with the help from Kate, my reporter, I bring you a podcast series I call Moms with Moxie. Sometimes we even interview dads with audacity or teens with tenacity. See how regular mothers and others, average folks who love healing those around them, have gone from freaking to fabulous by simply applying what they've learned using what I call practical homeopathy. This is Kate, and I want to welcome you back to the Practical Homeopathy Podcast. I have a very sweet friend here with me today. Her name is Elaine, and I'm excited to talk to you, Elaine, because we've just been chatting on and on about homeopathy, and I actually had to stop us because we were just sharing so much information, so much good information that I wanted Joette's listeners to hear what, what we were saying, but I'm excited because you have a lot of things to share. You've studied homeopathy quite extensively. You're in school. You've taken quite a few of Joette's courses. You help other people. You get calls. You just told me about a veterinary that called you. So you have a lot to share. And I'm just thrilled to welcome you to the podcast, Elaine. Thank you for having me, Kate. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about your background. Um, well, my, my background is I am actually a college instructor, a nutritionist. I mostly teach nutrition. Sometimes I teach a drug course uh, for the criminal justice students. Um, I love my job. I love working with older, you know, college age as opposed to, to young kids. I have two grown daughters. One seriously believes in homeopathy. One, one is torn, not sure, you know, so that's a little bit about me. I've dabbled in homeopathy years and years ago when my kids were really little, but I really only knew a little bit about Arnica, Calendula, Oscillococcinum. That's kind of about my limit. I knew, I believed in it, but I really didn't know where to go. Didn't even know how to find a homeopath if I'd wanted to. Right. You were telling me about the tubes and all you knew was (laughs) (laughs) you, you pick up a homeopathic medicine and what it says to use it for on the tube. I remember Thuya because Thuya it is so common today to hearing about it, but I remember picking up Thuya and going, warts, okay, I don't have warts. So I put it back on the shelf and there was only one thing on each tube. And now of course we know each remedy takes care of multiple things, but they can only put like one thing on the tube, but I was kind of confused by that. So I really left it alone and they didn't have all these wonderful books that they have today. Right. So many resources. In fact, we were just comparing Materia Medicas and repertories and having fun reading the introduction to those. So if you own a Materia Medica or a repertory, I want to encourage you, even the Banerjee Protocol book, go to the beginning and read 
because there's a lot of extra information that you can learn in those books, um, just a wealth of information. So definitely start at the beginning. <laughs> so let's talk about how you found Joette and what you've done with homeopathy, kind of your progression throughout the years since you've learned that it's more than just what it says on that little tube. I guess it really, the, the hardcore stuff started four or five years ago when my asthma got really bad, um, kind of peaked and I had uh, two really bad asthma attacks. It scared me. So I went to my regular doctor and she wanted to put me on two different inhalers and uh, one or two different pills, mostly steroid based. And I was very upset. I, di I didn't have a problem with the emergency inhaler, but I did not want to put steroids in my body. I just said, there's got to be another way. And her comment to me was, no, this asthma is a chronic condition. You have to learn how to live with it and how to treat it. There is no cure for it. Um, so I kind of left there thinking, I'll find a way. <laughs> so it started about, about that same time. I started doing a lot of research, a lot of digging. I, I actually did start taking a couple remedies on my own. And then I bumped across Joette's website and kind of started reading a lot of her blogs and and listening to her her podcasts and fell in love with her her take on homeopathy and decided to become a client. So I, I it took me a while because I fill out the paperwork and think about it, right? And I sent I finally sent the paperwork in um, about a couple of years ago and I did meet with her as a client and it really did help me. Um, I think I was on the right track. Even she told me I was definitely on the right track. It helped me come up with um, other remedies and other, some other problems that I was dealing with, like migraines. And that's about it. I didn't really have a lot of health issues, but the asthma and the migraines were very, you know, very say frustrating. The asthma was very scary to me. Mm -hmm. Right. So. so do you still have the asthma? Um, it is, I would say 90, 95% gone okay. or better. Uh, occasionally I have a, um, and I think it's part of it. There's some allergies, you know, I have the spring allergies. Um, which, which I think is what triggered some of the asthma or spasms. But to be honest, some of the remedies I have taken have really helped those. Mostly SOS. I take CaliCarb, um, which has been wonderful when I have any kind of wheezing. So what you're saying is CaliCarbonicum and what potency do you use? CaliCarbonicum 200 will pretty much stop a wheezing attack right in the middle of it. It, oh. it just stops. It's really interesting. Fascinating. You know, every time I take it, I go, how long is this going to take? And I'm surprised every time it takes like 30 seconds, <laughs> maybe, wow. a minute, maybe a minute. <laughs> wow. And then I, sometimes I often have a lot of clearing of my throat and mucus production due to allergies and the Ipecac 30 C literally within one to two minutes will clear my throat and, and everything will calm down. It'll, it'll pretty much dissipate, go away. Wow. That's great. I think a lot of people have problems with that. I don't know if there's just more allergies going on, you know, in the world or what, but it, it seems like a pretty common problem. Yeah, there is so many people. I, I was what they call age onset asthma. I didn't have it my whole life. Mm -hmm. So when I developed it probably 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, um, I just used the emergency inhaler once or twice when I'd have a cold, but I never, that, then it would go away. Mm -hmm. and, and then I had these two asthma attacks. I knew something else was brewing. I think it was just culminating the, in the combination of allergies mm -hmm. with uh, the asthma and all of a sudden, and my age, probably getting a little older. 
you know. So you've consulted with Joette, you've taken mm-hmm. many of her courses. In fact, I think you said yeah. you own how many courses? I think I have six now. Six. Okay. Not, not counting Gateway 1 and 2, which I, <laughs> I, I, I actually started with the Gateway 1. On, I ran the class myself. I got just about five friends of mine and myself. And we had a we had a ball with it. And I was going to do the Gateway 2. And when we saw you had a class online and we thought, let's not wait. Let's take the class with Kate. So we actually all <laughs> we all took the Gateway 2 with you. And I had already purchased the skin class. So I was kind of working on the skin class while doing the gateway too. And I really enjoyed the, the skin class. And then um, the next one was the allergic and then the pain class. I really wanted to take a, a live class with Joette just to see if it was different, right? It was really good information. Yeah. I have a few others. Um, I haven't finished all of them. The survivalist is one of my favorites. Um, I'm about a third of the way through that one. So like I said, I have six of those done. I plan on doing all of them, but it takes time. Yeah. <laughs> and you're busy. You're also going to school for homeopathy. Yeah. Yeah. The nice part is it's part-time. So you can go part-time because I still work full-time, but it's very interesting. So in doing that and taking Joette's classes, it, it's pretty much my, my spare, my free time. Right. It's homeopathy. So looking back, Elaine, how you started and the classes and consulting and going to school, maybe give us some <laughs> advice. <laughs> Looking back, what would you do or what would you recommend that people do? Because you've gone through a lot of trial and error. You've, you've done so many different things. Tell us what you think would be helpful. That's a good question because had I known, I think my solo research was good because I was really getting into some good, good stuff and some good books. But had I known, I really would have started with the gateway classes right away because I learned so much basic information that I already had, but I had it from like, you know, 10 different sources. Everything was in gateway one and two. And I, so I, I, I would have, I would tell anybody do that first. Also, I think the Facebook lives and the podcasts are wonderful. Um, I would tell everybody to, to be part of those. If, if you uh, want to go a little bit deeper, the, I belong to the mighty members, Joette's mighty members. That's kind of fun, a little more detailed, a little more depth than the Facebook lives, but I would, Start there. And then when you really want to delve in, take one of Joette's courses. I did it kind of backwards. Yeah. And then if you're interested in pursuing, you know, education, maybe from there, you would say. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so, there's what you and I were saying earlier, there's so much information out there on homeopathy. Taking a couple of classes through Joette would be the best, a good secondary step or third step Mm -hmm. before you really contemplate going to college or to going to uh, further your education because uh, like going for a certificate, because that is trying to decide where do you want to go? Do you want to go online? Do you want to go international? Do you want to stay in this country? And of course, I'm really looking forward to uh, Joette's Practical Homeopathy Academy when that starts. Yeah, you said you're going to fit that into everything else that you're doing. (laughs) I I hope to. I hope to. so just, you know, just pick and choose, but start small and then, and then add on, add on to it. There's plenty to do just with Joette's Mighty Members, her website and her courses. So let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of how you've used all these medicines that you've learned about over the years. 
Tell us um, some stories. Okay. Well, I guess I could start with some of some of the my cat and dog stories. I have two dogs and two cats, and they I kind of started with them. Your own kids or your own animals are you're kind of like guinea pigs. Uh, but I've saved so much money not going to the emergency clinic for my animals. My cat, cats are interesting. Cats can't throw up or get sick because they can get dehydrated really easily, whereas dogs, it's not that big a deal. Um, my cats, on occasion, about twice a year, they will throw up. They're, they don't go outside. They're indoor cats, but they still get stomach aches occasionally. And I just gave them Nux Vomica one time, and within five, 10 minutes, they were back to normal. I was like, okay. So I, I use the Nux Vomica on my cats every time they throw up and don't want to eat. Hey, that's a good tip. I've used Arsenicum album. I think okay. I've used it in the 30th potency when I've had a cat that has thrown up and it stopped it. So what potency did you use of the Nux? I think it was 30. Yeah, just 30. Okay. And that one cat, I couldn't get it in his mouth, no matter what he, he you know, I, I know it's best to get it in their mouth. And a friend of mine told me you can also put it in a water solution and wipe it in their ears or the top of their head. But I just put a, I sprinkled it on their food and he ate it and he still got better. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, I put some drops in some water and yeah. then just kind of <laughs> put the cat's face near the water and splashed it on the, yeah. the mouth area. <laughs> that would work. My other cat, I can open his mouth real easily, but the one, uh, the one can't. Then my daughter called me one day kind of nervous because her cat was acting really funny not eating and kind of salivating and making funny noises with his mouth and she was getting ready to, to, to rush her to the emergency room and she said do you have anything i can try and i'm like try the nux because it sounds stomach and same kind of symptoms and sure enough she texted me back in 10 minutes she goes you're not going to believe this he's totally normal and or she's totally normal and eating her food so i probably would have done the arsenica album like you mentioned if that one didn't work, but it worked on her cat and my two cats. So, yeah, I think the other thing I think about with Nux Vomica, I've used it with our dogs as well, because when they go outside, who knows what they get into, or even the cats indoors, like what do they actually ingest? Because, you know, cats tend to play with and eat a lot of things that they're not supposed to. So that is a, a, a wise choice. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue to my dog, my one dog, who's a Staffordshire Terrier who likes to eat anything. And he, he was down in the basement with the kitties and he loves the cats, but he ate one of the cat toys, which we didn't know until he couldn't pass it. About a week later, he oh. couldn't throw it up and he couldn't pass it. So we took him to the emergency and sure enough, he had swallowed a fuzzy catnip toy and it was stuck in the very early part of his intestines in the duodenum area. So he had to undergo um, emergency surgery to remove the cat toy. And it was complicated because he has uh, Addison's disease. His body doesn't produce cortisol. So he does take a very low dose um, prednisone, but it complicated the surgery. He was very sick. He was in the emergency room, intensive care for six days. And I finally brought him home on the sixth day. They didn't release him because he wasn't going to eat. I think he didn't want to eat because he wasn't home. Because as soon as we brought him home, he started eating. But he was very, very sick. His entire stomach was blood red from a bruising from the surgery. So um, they were very good, though. They let me bring in all my homeopathy uh, kits and let me treat him. Oh, you know, nice. Yeah. I gave him Arnica for the bleeding. I gave him Staphysagria for the incision site. 
Uh, I think that was a 200. I gave him calendula for the, the skin, you know, the skin area. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, hypericum for nerve. If he, I wasn't, you know, dogs don't, dogs and cats don't tell, they can't talk, right? I gave him hypericum. I do think they helped. He was stable. He just wasn't allowed to come home because he wasn't eating. Um, but the sixth day we brought him home and he would eat small amounts. I really do believe that the remedies helped him stay stable while he was in the intensive care hospital. So that, yep. was, that, was, that was a really scary, a scary thing. Yeah. The chiropractor that uh, takes care of, well, she does people and dogs. She had had a cat who seemed to have some issues and um, asked the cat's owner if she would like to talk to me and my friend, because we were both in homeopathy school and you know, we're, we're not homeopaths, but we are learning, would, would we want to talk to her about her kitty? So we met, we met with her and we talked with her and her cat was afraid of everything, hiding everywhere, um, picked on by the other cat. So we talked about it, we repertorized it, meaning we looked in the repertory and, and tried to look up just the same as an animal is a person, right? We looked up fear, hiding, afraid, and we basically came up with uh, Aconite 30, one dose, and to try that. And we asked her to have Thuya 30 on hand because he came to her as a three-month-old kitty, having had like multiple vaccinations pretty much all done in the same day. So we didn't know if he was having rea leftover reactions from that. But the Aconite worked so beautifully, she stopped there and didn't go to the Thuya. And I said, call me if you have any questions. We'll proceed if, if he's backtracking or becoming afraid again. Yeah. So that, that was kind of fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Let's see. My daughter has a, a dog who, who gets pneumonia. She has um, some health issues and she gets pneumonia very easily. So we gave her the uh, pneumonia protocol, which was really Kelly Carbonicum and Antimonium Tart. And I'm not sure, I want to say 200 each. And within two days, her pneumonia was under control and, and not coughing. So she uses that probably once or twice a year when, and she can tell because of her breathing with allergies, it will right. get very, very uh, raspy and um, mucousy. So she okay. will use the pneumonia protocol mm -hmm. for dog. The only other animal one I had a friend who's kitty cat. No, I'm sorry. It was her dog who had a very bad a bladder UTI, bladder infection. And we thought she sounded more like metarinum, which is a no-sode for UTIs. And one dose, one dose, and, and the dog went to sleep. And oh, my gosh. Next, I know. Next, we were like, we were surprised. The next day, she was totally fine. And she was going to the bathroom every 15 minutes for about six hours. Wow. Before. Before, before the metarinum. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. So that was, I, that was like a shocker. I know. I feel like when I've used homeopathy with animals, it's, they've responded so quickly. Yeah. And so people who talk about homeopathy being a placebo and it's the placebo effect, they clearly haven't seen homeopathy work with animals. <laughs> right, right. There's no babies and, and animals. There's no placebo. Right, exactly. move to people. Tell us some okay. of the stories with people. Okay. Um, 
I, I'm going to start with my favorite one because this was a shocker. My one of my best friends' husband had ankle surgery this past December, and he had fallen off a ladder putting up Christmas lights on a, on the house, and he broke his ankle. And she was really excited. She wanted to use the homeopathy, and so did he. He didn't want to do um, any of the traditional pain pain meds afterwards. So we had him mostly on Arnica 200 and Hypericum 200. And I think I said he could take the Hypericum 1M if the, if the, you know, the pain uh, got really bad. And I don't even think he used the 1M. I think he was able to keep with the 200. He did not take any traditional allopathic pain medications. Mm. We also gave him Staphysagria and Calendula. And I believe they were also in 200s. The calendula might have been 30C for skin health and the incision and calcfos for the bone because he had splintered, uh, he actually broke the bone, symphytum and calcfos. And we think the symphytum was the, the magic. He went to the doctor two weeks later. He was in a boot, but he had to have the boot on one of those carts because he couldn't put any weight on it at all. And two weeks later, he was going to the doctor and he was so frustrated with the boot was banging into everything and he, he wanted to get off of it. And the doctor was like, it's very doubtful you will be putting any weight on your foot, even, even with the boot on. So he went to the doctor that day and they x-rayed it and the doctor couldn't believe his bone healing. They said, you can walk around in the bone. You can walk around in the boot now. Wow. Two weeks? Two weeks with a shattered ankle. He had, and he had two plates in there and multiple staples. And he was allowed to walk with the boot and put pressure on it. Wow. So that was, that was, um, I think both, but my friend and I, we were shocked by that. We thought that was amazing. For my migraines, I used the protocol Picricum Acidum 200 and Belladonna 6 because I couldn't, I think the protocol is for 3C, but I couldn't get 3C anywhere in the United States. So I use the 6C and it, it works amazing. Just within not even five minutes, the migraine will have calmed down. I still get uh, some sinus headaches. I'm, I'm a headache person. I get uh, sinus headaches on occasion, definitely not migraines. And the sanguinaria, 30 or 200. I try to go to 30 if it works. Um, and if it doesn't work, I try the 200. And the sanguinaria works beautifully for any kind of sinus, forehead, sinus pain. You can actually find some of those medicines on a blog called CPF for Mother's Day, this time for headaches. And well, that was in 2016 that that blog was posted, but that I know has the picric acid. Yes. With the belladonna on there. So if you want to look up and you need some other ideas, Joette writes about sanguinaria as well on that blog. So if you have headaches, you might want to check that blog out. Yes, it's an excellent blog. Um. Okay, I have two different friends who have, one friend has a chronic problem with cysts and boils, pimples, you know, I guess they're all pretty related. And I had one friend who had an emergency cyst from a headgear that she was wearing where she teaches um, exercise classes and they sterilize it, but she's like, I don't know if somebody forgot to one day. She said, I have no idea. And she was going away the next day on vacation to Mexico. She was frantic because she didn't have time to go to the doctor's. And she's like, is there anything I can take or take with me? And so I suggested that she take the protocol, um, which is, I sent her to Joette's blog, Double, Double, Boil and Trouble. 
and to use the protocol for cysts or boils. And it's Hepar, Sulf, and Belladonna. And she actually emailed me the next day from Mexico and said it was almost gone after two doses. So she stayed on it for a few more days. But after two doses, it was almost gone. Now, my other friend who has the chronic cysts, uh, she said it works within three to four days. And she probably, it probably happens two or three times a year. But every time it works, and she thinks that the time in between the cysts occurring is getting longer each time. And I told her that's one of the hallmarks that it's probably rooting out the problem in that she's having it less often. Right. Yep. So that's something you look for is how often the problem occurs or how long it lasts. And the intensity of the pain. Yep. Those are what we call the three magic markers. (laughs) Yes. The magic markers. How can I forget that? I knew that. (laughs) Right. That's in the gateway study guide. Yes, exactly. That's why I love going through the gateway. Yeah. I have three really short, easy, acute problems that happened to me. And they're, they're my stories I tell friends when I'm trying to get them interested in homeopathy. Um, but I had a wasp sting. I know this has happened to many people. I picked up the hose last summer and a wasp was on the handle and just a horrible sting. There was no stinger in my hand, but it was immediately red, swollen, a big bump. So um, I thought, well, I'm going to experiment on myself, right? So I took the Apis 30, just 30, because I had it handy. And I counted, I literally counted to 20. And it was, the redness was almost gone and the pain was gone. And about five minutes later, I had no swelling, no redness, nothing. Wow. (laughs) I I was like, okay, fast, fast. My other fun one was my dog slammed my finger, running full force, slammed my finger, the first joint on the corner of a wall. And it was, you know, how you get a bruise, a very bad bruise. It was immediately turning purple, swollen. And anybody who knows me, I have my nails done. I thought, oh God, I'm going to not only lose my nail, I'm going to lose, you know, part of my finger. And uh, I took the Arnica. I took Arnica 30C that night And I thought, well, I'll do it again in the morning. I'll just see how bad it is. And the next morning, all I had left was a very thin purple line along the cuticle. Hmm. Completely, the swelling was completely gone. I don't think I even took a second dose. And by the end of that day, you couldn't even tell I hit my finger. Hmm. So that was kind of interesting. And then my other um, acute one was I, I grabbed a pan, potholder slipped. Uh, in the oven, I was taking a paint pan out of the oven. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. And I got a blister almost immediately. It wasn't too big. It was like moon shaped on my index finger. And I thought, oh Lord. So I, I, I took Cantharis 200 for burns and I had some Cantharis and a cream also. So I put that on my finger. And again, within about two hours, the blister had gone flat. It was still there, but it was completely flat. And the next day, the blister had completely reabsorbed, just gone. So did you take the cantharis again? Yeah, I took it once before bed because I, like I said, it was okay. still, yeah. still there, but flat. Right. But once yeah. I only took it twice and the oh. next morning it was completely absorbed. And you know, that would have lasted for days. Yeah. When you see a bruise appear that quickly. Yeah. So, um, so I have a couple that I have used with my, my boyfriend. 
he has a chronic problem and he has a heel spur, a bone spur. And I believe there's a protocol for um, bone spurs. And I think it doesn't matter if it's in the shoulder or the heel, but it's, he takes a uh, cell salt called calc floor and Hecla lava. 30C is the remedy. And it's been about six months, but the heel spur is almost gone. You have to really push hard. He can feel it, but it seems like it's almost gone now. He also tends to have very, uh, his eyes, the wind, too much computer, his eyes get very dry and very bloodshot. And I used um, Euphrasia, Euphrasia 30, which is for eye health. There's a really good blog Joette has called The Eyes Have It about chronic dry eyes. And the photo is really stands out because the photo in the blog is a woman with really bloodshot eyes. Mm -hmm. And we use Euphrasia 30 for my boyfriend's eyes. And it works after maybe one or two doses. It's pretty much gone the next day. And going back to when you were talking about the bone spurs, Joette did a Facebook Live and it, I believe it's called Bone Infections and Bone Spurs. So you can look up that Facebook Live video as well. Right. And he did um, head shingles a couple of years ago. Um, not, he, he, I mean, he had a good case of it, but he didn't have it horribly. And um, he really didn't want to take any medication. I'm not even sure there is anything if you have an outbreak of shingles. Uh, the protocol for shingles was antimonium crude. And we did that, I think it's twice a day for a few days. And I would say by the fourth or fifth day, it was tolerable where he was, the blisters were almost gone. Yeah, a friend of mine had shingles and I know she found hypericum very helpful for the pain too. Yeah. 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 So this is a good learning (laughs) point here. If ever you need to look up what remedy to use for a condition, just Google even Joet and then the name of the condition and you'll find things oftentimes on that condition and see what to use. In our gateway study group last night, we were just talking about this because people were asking, well, what, what would we use for this? Or what would we use for this? And, and we just said, you know, just go and Google it. Right. <laughs> so it's good to learn to use Joette's name and then Google and you'll often find the information that you need. I do that all the time because I want to share I want to just not tell somebody what to take. I want them to read about it. So I'm, I look it up for them if they can't find it, but if they can find it on their own, if not, I'm looking it up all the time and sending them the actual link. That's great. You know, that whole thing about teaching a person to fish, right? <laughs> because right. then you can tell them just Google Joette yeah. Calabrese right. or even just Joette. Her name is so unique that you can often just Google Joette. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it almost always pops up. There's usually two or three different things that will pop up. And I look at all of them to see which one is the easiest to understand or the most recent one that she's written. Right. The only other uh, friend one that really pops out at me is I had a friend who had uh, hot flashes and mostly hot, hot flashes with sweating. And I believe we used the Lachesis 30 and it worked beautifully. And she just used it SOS. She just, when she had a, a really bad hot flash, she took it and they gradually diminished over a couple of weeks. And she's pretty much hot flash free as far as I know. Nice. When you say SOS, explain what you mean by that. Emergency. Like I'm having, you know, an acute thing at the moment. Like I had a hot flash 
So she would treat the hot flash at that moment. Um, it wasn't really a crime because it wasn't happening all the time. All right, thank you. Wow, Elaine, you've really <laughs> given us a lot of information. This is a packed podcast, but let's just wrap it up and tell us anything else that you've learned from your experience over these years of study um, that you want to share with the listeners today. Um, I guess the only thing I would add to the earlier tips we talked about is to not leave home without some remedies with you. I have two very small pouches that I carry some remedies in. One are just for me, for my asthma. And then I have another slightly larger one that has very common things in it, like arsenicum album, uh, apis, arnica, so that I can share it with a friend if you know they, they hurt themselves, hit their head, and I can give them some arnica. Um, I probably have six remedies in that, that kit, but they're all emergency remedies. But I, I almost always can help somebody or help myself by having those two little pouches with me. Mm-hmm. And what do you put the medicines in? I have little EMF protected pouches that I think I learned about from you, Kate, oh. <laughs> in the Gateway 2 class. And I bought them from the woman that you purchased your, your little. Yeah. Company. Oh, my friend Sue, she's so sweet. Yeah. She has a, a store on Etsy called Rural Hill Creations, all one word. And she sells those. Yeah. She's... I bought three or four from her, and I have a friend who bought a bunch. So, um, and I have one that I carry around. If I'm going to share a, a, a little remedy with somebody, I'll put it in there so I can take it with them. Yeah. yeah. Great. Thank you so much for your willingness to talk to us and share all of your wisdom. And I look forward to talking to you again after you're yeah. done with more of these courses and school that you're doing. And, and I don't know, it was very fun talking to you today. Thank you, Kate. I've enjoyed it immensely. As I hope you know by now, on my blog, podcasts, and Facebook Live, I offer as many protocols for simple conditions as I can, for free, without affiliates or advertising. But let me be clear, when it comes to more complex conditions, it's key that you learn how to use these medicines properly. I want you to be well-trained. So I save discussions of the more involved methods for my courses in which I walk students through each method with step-by-step training. In these podcasts, I focus on those students of mine who have already tunneled in and learned how to take care of themselves, family, friends, and pets, and even livestock using homeopathic medicine. Many of these students began their education by participating in one of my Gateway to Homeopathy study groups. And now, after taking one or more of my courses, they're well-trained to use my specific brand of homeopathy. I hope listening to this podcast has inspired you to follow in their footsteps. With the proper training, you too can nurture and protect the health of your family and loved ones with practical homeopathy. You just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy. Joette's podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit for your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.